We come to this place for magic. We come to this podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that, that indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim, dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here they are. He's looking at you. What Welcome to In a Place Like This. We love movies as much as Nicole Kidman does in those AMC ads. We love those ads. This is a tribute, not a mockery. And we very much appreciate how those ads set the tone for pretty much every movie we see. Movies do hit different now. Joining me today for my very first episode is Justin Garrett. All right, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you said, my name is Justin. Um, I am a full-time dork, geek, uh, merman, D&D loving, cosplaying, Disney freak. That's pretty much how I would describe my life. Nice, nice. And what's your favorite movie? Uh, I'm going to take, take it real back. It's going to have to be uh, Secret of the Nim. Wow. Yeah, so since I was little, I've loved that movie. It scared the crap out of me when I was younger. But it's beautifully written, the visuals are gorgeous, and it's just one of those pieces that is, I think is timeless. Yeah, that one's a Don Bluth, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really, like, giving Disney a run for its money back in the 80s. But yeah, that one's a good one. I had a chance to read the book when I was a kid, and it was also really good. Yeah, it's super dark, but super, yeah. <laughs> super good, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked uh, An American Tale, too. That oh, yeah, really everybody, loves, everybody loves a little Feifel. Oh, yeah. Also, what is something else that you geek out about outside of movies? Outside of movies would probably have to be uh, probably anime. Anime? I watch a lot of anime. Like I said, I'm a cosplayer, so I get to go to Comic-Cons, Wonder-Cons, any type of con, I'm there. I just really like dressing up and living the fantasy life. Cool. Do you have like a specific anime that you like are drawn to, or is it like just in general? Uh, well... I would say anime, but it's it's more of an American cartoon, so everybody's familiar with Avatar Last Airbender. That's kind of like my main one that I love, but if I'm talking about like strictly like anime, it's probably going to have to be, at the moment, My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia. I'm about two seasons in. I love that show. It's so good. It's yeah. so well written. It stays true to superheroes, but also makes fun of them. It gives them limits, which I really enjoy that part. Like The point that they have their powers, but they're, they have limits to them, yeah. which is really exciting. To see how they like overcome an obstacle with their limit. Yeah, that's a really good one. God, now you wanna get that? Someday she just can't get rid of the so serious. I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I can so much. Come on! Let's get nuts. Batman was created. In 1939, by Bob Kane and Bill Finger for Detective Comics. Since then, he has become a cultural phenomenon, uh, spawning everything from video games to TV shows to even theme park attractions, and, of course, movies. 
Beginning in 1943, we had a couple of serials. One was simply called Batman, another one called Batman and Robin. Those would, of course, play as serials weekly prior to a major feature release. In 1966, we got Batman the Movie featuring Adam West. Uh, in 1989, we got the beginning of the Burton Schumacher series, uh, which of course includes Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Within that time frame, we also got animated films like Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and a series of direct-to-video releases. Uh, after the Burton Schumacher series, we got the Dark Knight trilogy by uh, Christopher Nolan, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. The DC Extended Universe would follow that, starting with Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Batgirl, and The Flash. And of course, we have the most uh, current version of Batman, The Batman. There were also a series of very popular side projects, and some not so popular. Of course, these projects include 2004's Catwoman, uh, 2019's Joker, uh, Suicide Squad would spawn its own series of spin-offs like Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, uh, as well as the Peacemaker TV series on HBO Max. So, Justin, what would you say is your favorite Batman movie? Oh, boy. Um, I'd probably have to go with most of the gays and say Batman and Robin. Yes! Is 100% <laughs> gonna be the worst, but the best Batman movie. It's just the perfect combo of camp, action, and just all around stupidity that we need from a Batman film. Yes, everyone everyone involved with that movie understood the assignment. They understood the assignment 100%. Warner Brothers was like, we just wanna sell toys and Joel Schumacher's we, I got you, but, you know, now this movie's going to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Fat nipples. Yes. Uh, and Uma Thurman is just the perfect poison ivy. Like, it's so, it's it's to the point where it's, like, over the top, but just not, just almost not, in the, not over the top. So it, like, makes it so good. And Arnold Schwarzenegger with all of his one-liners. like All of the puns. I can't believe... I read somewhere that the original choice for that role was Anthony Hopkins. And... That's that's different. Yeah, but I feel like... I think that would have made it a little more... I wonder if they rewrote the role when they found out it was going to be Arnold. They're like, we have to have puns. Yeah, because I don't think they would have written all those puns for uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> but it was just... Uh, that movie, My Childhood, right there. Yeah. And even, um, ah, what, Alicia? Alicia Silverstone? Oh, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, like, I loved her Batwoman. I, I, when she came in at the end with the costume, like, I loved that, that, that little storyline they added to it. I remember seeing that one in theaters when I was a kid. Actually, I've seen everything. Pretty sure I saw the original Tim Burton movie in theaters. I just don't remember because that was, like, I was really young. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the screen. I just don't remember going to the theater. Yeah, but everything since then, from Batman Returns until The Batman, I've seen them all in theaters. Uh, but I, w I was still a kid when Batman and Robin came out. And like, even then, I was like, wait, uh, Batgirl is not supposed to be Alfred's niece. She's supposed to be the commissioner's daughter. Yeah. But, but that 
didn't bother me as much. I, I wasn't as much of a purist for uh, Batman at the time and kind of still not. One thing I do like about Batman is like, I was listening to a different podcast the other day. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was uh, Unspooled. Uh, they were talking about how Batman is kind of like a modern Hamlet, where it's like you could just kind of interpret him so many different ways. I could see that. Yeah. So one of those ways that that was interpreted was all the way back in the 1960s by Adam West. Uh, this was both the 1966 series or movie as well as the subsequent 1968 series. Uh, the original, we, we call it the original Batman because that's like the one that everyone goes to yeah. as the original original, even though there was it wasn't, but. It's high camp and a whole lot of fun, especially that movie. Um, there were, I can't even begin to, like, one of my favorite Batman scenes is where he's running around and he has this big, giant, oversized bomb over his head. And he's, like, trying to get rid of it. And he, like, runs around the corner. He's, like, running into, like, this group of nuns. He's like, nope, not there. And he turns around. He's, like, running into, like, this parent like rolling her kid around in a cradle he's like nope not there he goes up to a lake he's about to throw it over and there's like ducks and he's like some days you just can't get rid of a bomb <laughs> <laughs> no like those ones are they're so timeless because because of how how campy they are like the costumes it's like they, they literally took from the comic and made it into a live action without changing anything which is, you know, what happened, but you know, it's it's amazing for what it was in at the time. Yeah, and I love how they just put like eyebrows on the mask. Yeah, that was great. I, the eyebrows and like a little no on the nose. But that also kind of became iconic. Number one, I I feel like that was kind of uh, an inspiration towards Joel Schumacher when he was making his Batman movies. But also like Adam West became really iconic, um, showing up and stuff like. Family Guy, where he was like totally open to making fun of himself. Mm -hmm. uh, his guest spot on The Simpsons, where he's like, "How come Batman doesn't dance anymore?" Like, so good, so good. The and, fact that they get to make fun of themselves is because yeah, they know it wasn't good. Yeah, but it was also very good. <laughs> Shark repellent bat spray, you know. Clearly, it's very like very James Bondy yeah. type stuff, which is amazing. So the. One that I remember growing up, I probably saw it in theaters. I don't quite remember whether or not I did. I was very young when it came out, but I did see it a lot on VHS was Tim Burton's Batman. Ah, Tim Burton's Batman's. Yeah, that was... I watched it again recently, and yeah, it still holds up. It's really good. I just love, like, the matte backdrops with its gothic look for uh -huh. City. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker was... I love his Joker. Yeah. Like, it was, like, the perfect amount of, like, serious, but still campy. Like, you know, the whole smashing of the museum scene is just yeah. iconic. He's got, like, great lines in there. Like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Like, yeah. It was, it was a great balance, that movie. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton was really good, but... I can't imagine like what would have happened if the internet existed back then because I I've read that people were freaking out but the internet would have just like 
exploded that. Yeah. Like, before the, like it was a year before this, he was Beetlejuice. That's crazy. Batman yeah. and Beetlejuice. Yeah. Two opposite spectrums. Pretty much, he was pretty much playing Joker. But he, he nailed it so much that they're, like, for years, even after he was, like, recast, replaced, uh, people still looked at him as the Batman. Yeah, because he, he had such a presence. Like, it's hard, <clears throat> especially with movies nowadays, we'll talk about that later, but, like, finding the right balance between Bruce and Batman, just, like, find the right balance between Clark and Superman. Like, there's not a lot of people in my mind that fit both perfectly and yes. he really does i think fits both of them he fits the, the suaveness of bruce but the broodiness of batman yeah i also think like it, it he holds up so much that they're bringing him back i guess he's showing up in the flash as oh batman. wow that's awesome because they, they finally get to do the you know like the flashpoint kind of stuff yeah so that that was exciting, and uh, it was the movie was well received, and it did so well in theaters that it got a sequel, uh, Batman Returns in 1992. This one for sure I saw in theaters. Um, yeah, I think besides Batman and Robin, Batman Returns is definitely the another another one that the gays really love. You know, we oh, love yeah. a Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer should be an Oscar nominee for that movie. I one hundred percent. That was one of the greatest performances of all time. And again, like all the one-liners, all of the, this one was a lot more wild than the last one. Like the the first one was definitely more subdued. It did have, <clears throat> it did have camp. It did have like the Tim Burton factor to it, but this one just cranked it up to eleven. It and ra- it raised the camp a little bit higher. Like we'll we'll keep it dark, but we're also gonna make it a little bit more goofy. Yeah. I did think it was funny that everyone was complaining about the Joel Schumacher ones. It almost feels revisionist, like Tim Burton didn't make it this campy, but it's like, go back and watch Batman Returns. That was pretty campy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, Penguin comes up in a giant rubber duck. In a, I love that rubber duck, though. Like, <laughs> Unleashes. His, his, his freaking... His penguin army. Penguin army <laughs> with his, like, different umbrellas that do different... Dip, you have a... A machine gun umbrella. You got yeah. an umbrella that flies. Like that's it's like the perfect. It's like so good. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken with his Bruce Wayne. Why are you dressed up like Batman? Why are you dressed up like Batman? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah, but he really does play a, a good villain. I like seeing him in, in villain roles. Yeah, Danny DeVito too. I didn't know that was him when I was a kid. I don't think any of us kids knew who that was at the time. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I, I only associated him with these, like, comedic roles. I didn't know that, like, he could also do, like, I don't want to say serious either, because that was kind of a goofy role, but... But it was just something different for him that, yeah. we, we, hadn't, that we didn't get to see before. Yeah, and that the makeup, the bodysuit, um, he was kind of grotesque in that movie. He was he was a slime ball like you know Oswald's supposed to be. Yeah, he was like eating raw fish. Yeah, like, that, I think that part was a little over yeah. the top. <laughs> it was that was a bit. Also, you know, like Catwoman, you know, biting off the head of the canary. <laughs> she <laughs> she has some of my favorite lines like in all of Batman though. Like, yeah, no, her lines are so good, and that's why so many people just she's an icon. Like, there's no there's no Catwoman to today that has really matched her level which is not saying anything bad about any of the other ones but she's just she set the bar so high with that particular role like it's just unmatched 
the scene where she's like whipping the heads off of the mannequins. I heard that she like really she learned it. Yeah, she literally took the time and learned how to do all that. And I, I've seen a couple Instagram lives with her where she has it literally just hanging in her closet. Like, yeah, she's hanging in her closet. So it's one thing she always shows to people because they always ask about it. Yeah, but yeah, the crack that she like took the time to learn about it. In fact, if there's one complaint I had about the Schumacher Batman movies is that she never came back. Because they teased that she would come back at the end of Batman Returns. Like that whole scene where she pops up and looks up at the moon. Yep. And like, we never saw her again. Back. I... Well, we did see her one more time. Um, her photo shows up on the floor in the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. Yes, it does. Yes, so it does. this takes that takes place in the same universe one as this one. One of those little one. Easter eggs. <laughs> We'll get. We'll probably get to that a little bit later, though. So that one had a sequel, which um, not sure exactly why Michael Keaton didn't turn up for Batman Forever. I think it might have been Tim Burton wasn't coming back. I think that I think they were friends, and I think that was like a his his stand for him not being asked back. Yeah, and Joel Schumacher, who he gets a lot of crap for his entries to the series, unfortunately, because I thought I thought he did a good job considering like he was taking another director's aesthetic and putting his own in there yeah 100 percent. and it's not like joel schumacher doesn't know how to make a movie he's done a few movies before this uh and he's done like yeah his filmography is kind of hit or miss but he's done like some really good movies like falling down and a time to kill uh he did the phantom of the opera so good yeah which uh, didn't get reviewed that well but i personally i personally enjoyed it yeah visually it was stunning yeah so, and even like with Batman and Robin, a lot of people don't realize like even the writer of that movie would go on to win an Oscar because he wrote A Beautiful Mind. Yep. So it, these are people who know how to tell a story, but it was, my theory is it wasn't the story people wanted to see. At the time, yeah. Superhero movies back in the day were just not received very well. Yeah. As they are now. Now they're like, everybody wants them. Yeah, the big complaint is like, we wanted a dark Batman movie, and here comes this guy, and he's giving us this camp and kind of sort of hashtag gay rights uh, Batman movie. Yep. Which, looking back on today, I think they're brilliant. I think they're amazing. Yeah. There's, there's, like everybody says, they are the perfect amount of trash, but we all love them. Yeah. So Val Kilmer as Batman. Um... I'm not sure if he does a better Bruce Wayne or a better Batman, but I know he does one really well and the other one not so much, and I just can't tell which. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that that, that one before. So, what like, do you pull, think? like pulling up the pictures right now in front of me, like I I remember now that I really enjoyed his Bruce more than his Batman. Yeah. Like he had the he had the nice suave Bruce feel that I needed. But there was just something off about his Batman. Yeah, I believe him 100% as a billionaire playboy. Yeah, 100%. But, and it's not that he can't do action, because, like, I remember him before that in uh, Willow, uh, where he played, uh, he was, like, Mad Mardigan, who was that kind of the Han Solo character of that movie. Yeah. And um, he did a really, he, he was, like, still one of my favorite characters of all time. I haven't seen that movie in ages. Yeah. But as Batman, Bruce Wayne, I think he nailed it. Yeah. As Batman, it was a little bit, you know, hit or miss. So that one decided to capitalize on the popularity of Jim Carrey, who 
was just fresh off of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask. That same year, he did the sequel to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yes. So what do you think about Jim Carrey as the Riddler? He definitely has the crazy down. I really think they could have done a better costume. I, I love him as Riddler. It was super over the top. It was... The only thing for me, it was just, that's Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, I, I, could, I couldn't dissociate Riddler from Jim Carrey. Like, it was just Jim Carrey. Which is fine. The, the Riddler's supposed to be, you know, off the top crazy, but... There was a thing around that time period where it's like, you cast Jim Carrey in a movie, and he's our, like he was about to show... He was only a couple years out from showing, like, he could actually act outside of comedy, because this was, like, right before the Truman Show. But, like... People would cast him in a movie and just do say, you know what, just do the thing that people like to see you do. Yeah, there's just some of those actors that you know can just, you know they have a script, but they're like, here's the script, run with it. Just, we'll just keep filming. Like, yeah. do your thing. Like, and he's definitely one of those actors. Yeah. And again, for this version of the Riddler, it worked. And we're going to go into a different version of the Riddler uh, towards the end of the episode. But yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Um, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. I have thoughts, and it's not so much on his performance, which I thought was very good. Yeah, it was a very good performance. Uh, but originally, this this series, this canon, already had a Harvey Dent, and that was played by Billy D. Williams, most famous yep. for Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. And uh, very interested in, like, these are two completely different actors, and... But I know there was a lot of drama between the, I, don't know, I think it was the producer team or the director or somebody. There was, there was drama there that there was a reason that he wasn't cast again. Yeah. And I, I don't know, as much, as much as I thought Tommy Lee Jones did well with the role, I would have been really interested to see what Billy D. Williams would have brought to it. Yeah. So, so that he would be known as something other than Lando. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And again, he already existed within this canon. So, so why not just add yeah. him in, but... Alas, we got what we got. Yeah. Um, and of course, Nicole Kidman, who recorded our namesake uh, ad, uh, appears as Dr. Chase Meridian. Um, this was my introduction to Nicole Kidman. Um, same, same Who would me. become one of my favorite actresses. She is amazing, phenomenal perfection. Yeah. So he, Joel Schumacher originally thought he was going to get more time to do the follow-up. But this one was so big, Warner Brothers was like, no, we need this, like, now. So they rushed the production of Batman and Robin. Uh, Chris O'Donnell has said that when he was filming it, it felt like he was filming a toy commercial. George Clooney is has apologized for it multiple times. Uh, even Joel Schumacher apologized for making the movie. And my opinion is, you guys have nothing to apologize for. That no, movie like, is amazing. As, as we said before, like that is one of the staple... Like, I'm sure 75% of people will say that is one of their favorite trashy movies to watch. Like, yeah. It is so good. <laughs> it's so much fun. And it's like, to me, it like... It's not even so bad it's good. It's just good. It's just like, good. It's just good. I can't even... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, and it, my again, my theory was these weren't the movies that people wanted at the time. They wanted Dark Batman, not Camp Batman. And honestly, after two decades of nothing but Dark Man, Batman, I kind of... It was I'm refreshing. Ready, I'm ready for another Camp Batman. Yeah, it was refreshing. 
It's like, uh, cool. You know, I love the I love the new one, but can we get one that's like, you know, Adam West style? Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that, uh, Batman had to take a hiatus because uh, audiences were not happy. And 2005, Christopher Nolan comes around and gives us Batman Begins. Uh, this one, he was... So this is where a filmmaker takes a comic book and shows, I'm going to make a proper movie out of this. Like, Batman Begins was a psychological drama more than it was, like, a comic book movie. What do you think? You know, I totally agree, because I remember being very traumatized about <laughs> bats and like going back and watching it now it, it is very like psychological yeah and uh that one I, I i was excited about the prospect of a sequel because he did everything so well like even though uh, he mispronounced name for uh rachel ghoul um yeah. and, uh, but liam neeson was amazing as the villain um and so was Killian Murphy as the Scarecrow. Oh, the Scarecrow. I loved their take on the Scarecrow yeah. with the, the gases. And it was just, it was perfection. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon is probably, is he, he might be one of my favorite versions of Gordon. If not Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. We'll, we'll get more to that later. But what do you think about Christian Bale as Batman? Christian Bale is... My least favorite Batman. Sorry. Sorry, anybody Sorry. who loves, who's a Christian Bale stan. But he's another one like we talked about before. He's a good Bruce. He plays the suave. He plays the billionaire. Very nice. But he's, for me, his Batman's too forceful. Like, everybody's like, you know, where is she? Like, it's very, very, like, too much for me. In a way, like, at least in the first movie and in a way, in kind, kind of the second one as well. I feel like I liked the fact that he changed his voice. He's the first Batman who I've seen do that. But um, it got to be too much, especially in the third movie when he's using the voice when nobody's around. Yeah, when like nobody was like around. I was like, why are you still in Batman voice? So that's what that feels like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line though. I love yeah. that line. But it's just... Did he have to do it in the voice? Yeah. But and I thought he was pretty good. Uh, again, like... I think with that trilogy, people respond more to the writing, the directing, and of course Heath Ledger as the Joker. Heath Ledger, legend More icon. than they do with Christian Bale. Uh, the Dark Knight, for me, that one's my pick for my favorite Batman movie. Because that one, like, it... I walked out of the theater and I didn't know what to say. Yeah, no, it was, it was ridiculously good. Yeah, and it wasn't even just Heath Ledger, even though he was a huge, huge part of it. Yeah. Like, he deserved his Oscar, but I also think The Dark Knight should have been nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I'm still... I mean, like, it's crazy that it didn't. Like, yeah, The Reader? such a well-written... The Reader, really? <laughs> like, it was so good. Yeah, and it it became, like, it almost dethroned Titanic for highest grossing movie of all time. Like... Almost. Almost. It, it was the second highest for a while. Um it was huge, and the IMAX version was just incredible. Um, then, unfortunately, after the filming release of the movie, Heath Ledger tragically passed away, and we lost probably one of the greatest actors of our time, uh, 
one of the best aspects of the Dark Knight trilogy. And Christopher Nolan was kind of put in a, a complicated spot. Like an awkward spot. Because uh, how do you finish this trilogy without your main villain? So he goes and makes The Dark Knight Rises, which doesn't really so much fall back on The Dark Knight as much, even though it does bring back Two-Face. Oh, before we jump into The Dark Knight Rises, let's talk about Two-Face in this one. Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, I thought as... I thought he also deserved some props for his performance. I thoroughly enjoyed his his Two Face. Like yeah. that was great when he like when he's laying in the bed and it's like the way they did the Two Face part of it too. Like, yeah, you can see like his teeth. Like that was really it was really good. I think this is one of the few times you get to see Harvey Dent before he becomes Two Face. Two really and gave him a character. Yeah, and like just to see how he does it, like what breaks him. And how that's actually a part of the Joker's plan, and it's part of the story. It's it was like so well done. It was it was masterclass of acting. It was just perfection. Yeah, and at the time he was kind of like, I don't want to say that he was like ignored, but like everyone was talking about Heath Ledger, and not enough people were talking about him. And I just thought he was one of the stronger parts of the movie. Yeah, I think that the death definitely overshadowed. Yeah, and. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that Dark Knight was as successful as it was and that uh, Heath Ledger got his awards. And I feel like it could have got more awards than what it was nominated for. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm still I'm still upset about that. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, which was the highly anticipated third part of this one. Um, the, what do you think about that one? For me, it's just like it was what it was. <laughs> like you. Anybody who watched it could tell it was rushed. I think it was rushed. Um, Bane as a main character, I honestly didn't think it was going to be like, really, Bane as their main character without an Ivy? Like, but it worked. They made him They made him scary. Yeah, Tom Hardy did a really good job. Um, now, I remember watching the uh, IMAX pre preview thing, and I remember watching that, and I'm like, I cannot understand a word Bane is saying. Oh, 100%. I had to watch it like two times to understand what the heck it was saying. Yeah. they And they cleaned it up a little bit for the final release. So it's a, it's a little bit better there. Um, I thought Tom Hardy was excellent. He's also one of my favorite actors, though. So oh, He was great. He was great. Actually, it was, I actually wasn't a big fan of his until that movie, to be honest. Yeah. And it was just fantastic. I, he, he was he, he beyond expectations for that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I see. I actually enjoyed her Catwoman. I feel like if they would have, if she would have been in the beginning movies and then through more throughout the movies, and they could build her character more, she would have been great. Her costume looked big. She looked great. Like the entire scene in the beginning where she's stealing his his pearls, like where she's opening the safe and then she like jumps into the window all cat like and then flips out. Like that was perfection, Catwoman. Yeah. And one thing about this trilogy is, like, uh, Nolan wanted to ground it in reality. So everything about it you can picture happening in real life. Uh, that's one of the reasons why... Because originally the rumor was he was going to have the Penguin in this one with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the Penguin, which would 100% make for, like, a really interesting movie. That would be very interesting. But the Penguin doesn't really fit in... or. I guess Matt Reeves shows that the Penguin can exist in a grounded re reality universe, but uh, that's not what Nolan was going for. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, Bane, I thought was a good villain. Um, Talia al Ghul as the surprise Surprise twist. Character. Surprise twist. Yeah. Played by Marianne Cotillard, who I thought she did a really good job too. They, yeah, she was good. Yeah, they tied it more to the first one than the second one, I thought. They brought it back. They're like, we need something to connect these movies now that my Joker is gone. So one of my favorite things about this one is its climax where he's trying to, where he has to like drive the bomb or like take the bomb away from the city. And I'm like, this is the serious version of the Adam West Batman bomb scene. Where he's trying to figure (laughs) out where to put this damn bomb. I'm like, oh my gosh, he just did that scene. But like in reality (laughs) yeah it was really well done it was a nice little little nod yeah and then batman spoiler alert dies air quotes dies but you know he he's not dead justice never dies yeah uh so that was the end of nolan's batman universe i did skip across mask of the phantasm which was based on the animated series which existed in response to the Tim Burton Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about Mask of the Phantasm? I really enjoyed that one, but um, for me, the best like animated one is probably going to be um, Batman Under the Red Hood. Like I think that one was perfectly written, and it's so so dark and so good. Yeah, uh, I, have to, I have to make a confession. The only one of the animated ones based on the series that I've seen was Mask of the Phantasm. That was the one, the only one that I'm aware of that got the theatrical release. All the rest of them were straight to DVD, which I've been meaning to give them a shot. You should, you should. Like, um, Batman Under the Red Hood is one a great one. And then um, Bat one, Batman, I want to say Ninja? That one was... I. It was great. Kevin, it was really well written. What's what's his name? Kevin Conroy? For the For the animated series, the voice of Batman? Okay, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I thought he made for a great Bruce, he made for a great Batman. Yes, Conroy. Conroy, yeah. Um he was the perfect voice for Batman. And one thing I did not know until I was an adult, uh Mark Hamill as the voice of the Joker. Like iconic. Yes. <laughs> iconic. Like I didn't know that as well until I was older. Like he was just um Luke for me. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, that that really is his voice. And now you can't unhear it. Well also he brought it back. Have you seen uh Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? I have not. There's a he plays the surprise villain in the fake movie that they're making. But when he does that, um he uses the Joker voice. And I'm pretty sure that's why Kevin Smith cast him in that part. Oh, 100%. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, his voice is so iconic for Joker. Like, it's the only one that I deem worthy of being Joker. For the for anything animated. Yeah. I mean, uh, they brought him back for the video games, for they the did. Arkham. Except for one of them. And it, it, he was sorely missed in that one. I forget which missed. game it was. But yeah, he was excellent as the Joker. So in 2013, I believe, uh, Zack Snyder begins his DC universe, the Snyderverse, the Snyderverse, as it's called, with Man of Steel. And the sequel to that one, he jumped right in with Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Um, I'm, 
That... I'm a big DC person. I enjoyed it for what it was. I really think he should have had his own solo movie before they brought him together. Yeah, I feel like they were trying so hard to catch up with Marvel on this one that they threw everything. Oh, they everything, threw everything they had. Including a kitchen sink. There is actually a kitchen sink being used as a weapon in this movie. And Martha. Poor Martha. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that name? Like, who who wrote that line and said, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to keep that. We're going to keep that yeah, line in there. It's They have the same mom's name. <laughs> like, it's... I, for me, it was like, it was, it was less Batman versus Superman. It was more just like dark and broody versus dark and broody. Like they didn't have a different level for each one. Like Bruce is, yeah, dark and broody. You know, Superman's supposed to be a little more lighthearted, but it was just dark versus dark, which just made the movie dark. Yeah. I, and I could forgive a lot of it. Like, I think if they had maybe split it up into two, possibly three movies, I would have really... It would have been up there as one of my favorites. Yeah, I like I... Like the whole Doomsday storyline, that should have been its own movie. That should have been completely its own movie. Like they, they used it to, as the third act of this one, and like, why did they do that? Yeah. Like that was such a big... Like I didn't even read a lot of comics when I was a kid, admittedly. But um, I that storyline, I do remember. It was a, such a huge deal when Superman died. Yeah, it's it's that's a huge staple in the, in the Superman arc. And to just shoehorn it at the end of this movie, like it, it was just, it almost felt disrespectful. It like a little bit, yeah. Like then this movie, this movie saving grace. I'm sorry, was Wonder Woman. Like yeah, us getting introduced to her, like she's perfection. That scene where she enters, like per, she's so good. Yeah, like this movie existed to set up the DC universe, but it should have been like its own thing. Everybody should have their own movies before. Yeah. And there were things that worked. Personally, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I really enjoy him as Batman. Like, do you, do you bleed? Like, you I know. enjoy. I see, see his dark voice, his his Batman voice. I don't mind. I don't know what it was about. Um, pause. Uh, Christian Bale. There we go. Yeah. Um, um but I just everything worked for him. Like, he plays a brilliant Bruce who's suave and cocky and. He's I'm a know-it-all. And then Batman, like... Yeah, and he really plays Bruce as someone who's, like, really seen some stuff. Like, he's really over it. He's old. He's, like... Which is, like, a good stand for, like, his his character and his acting ability. Because you can just tell from his... The way he walks, the way he talks. Like, he has done it. He's been through it. I'm over it. Like... I just, you know, want some peace. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of, like, builds into his, like, uh, his hate for Batman, which does, that's the crux of the movie, or at least it's supposed to be. But I, I don't completely hate it. I don't think it's Oh, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't hate it at all. I've I, actually watched those more than I've watched Christian Bale's version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for me. Minus Dark Knight. Yeah, and the director's cut is interesting, too. Uh, Zack Snyder has a lot of interesting ideas. I do think he works better when he has someone to sort of rein him in a little bit. Yeah. Like, Man of Steel I thought was good. but That was a great movie. Christopher Nolan was, like, more involved with that one, I think. Yeah, he was. So, like, a lot of the Snyderisms that he kind of overdoes in his later work, uh, you could tell, like, at some point Nolan's like, no, let's dial this back let's, just let's a little just bit. Let's just reel it <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. But, uh... That was followed up by Justice League. Um, so, 
I try to be positive in this podcast, but I personally did not care for at least that version of Justice League. <sighs> My issue with it is there were a lot of good ideas, and you could tell like Zack Snyder had a vision for it. And they that put him in a blender and... Mixed him with Joss Whedon. Made a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he had to leave the project for personal reasons, and it, like no disrespect at all to him, he had to take care of his own mental health, his own his own life. But when what Warner Brothers should have done was waited for him to come back. Yes, they should have waited. Instead, they're like, well, look at this Joss Whedon guy who made these Avengers movies. Let's bring him in. And honestly, I think he ruined it. He did. He did. And especially after watching the Zack Snyder, the Snyder cut, like... That was so good. That was amazing. I, that, if that would have been the movie, and I think people would have really enjoyed it more. Finding out that cyborg scenes were cut, and that really irritated me because that was the heart of the movie. Yep. I was like, are you kidding me? All this could have been in this movie and you cut this? You yeah. You cut these people out? Yeah. And he, like, tried to turn it into one of his movies. There's, like, a scene where Flash falls down and lands face first in Wonder Woman's chest. Yep. And... Which, admittedly, they do do that in the animated like, the animated movies. Oh. And that works well for the animated because, you know, they're kind of like horny, campy, superhero kind of stuff. But, like, in the movie movies, it just doesn't... It's not a thing you should do. Yeah. So, when, when Zack Snyder got it back and got to make his movie, that was incredible like i we got, we got martian manhunter like yeah so good like i almost want them to restore the snyderverse just so that he can like move keep going with hey, that we have no idea what can happen in this splash movie yeah like this one is supposed to reset everything that's happened i hope they go forward in a great way and I'm, I'm actually really excited for Flashpoint. In a way, though, I think the failures that DC has had over... Well, failures, I'm using that with air quotes because I don't think they're, like, complete busts. But it, it made them go in a different direction where now they don't have to connect. Like, if you look at The Batman, which just came out, that's not in any way connected to these movies. Not at all. But that doesn't mean we're not going to get these movies anymore, yeah. either. Uh, Wonder Woman, yeah, it's connected to Justice League, but kind of like in the periphery. Um, you get Aquaman, which feels like it's in a separate series, almost. It does, yeah, a little bit. A little disconnected. Yeah, especially when you have Mira speaking with an English accent in one version and not with an English accent in the movie. <laughs> it's just a lot of choices made yeah. in these movies. <laughs> but Aquaman, I thought was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it was, I think it was a lot of fun. Um, some of the side projects we got, though, were things like uh, Suicide Squad, which mm, I hit or miss did like Harley Quinn. I did like her. Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, um, who was introduced in the animated series and became such a popular character. They kept her around. Yeah, and Har Margot Robbie did a great job, and I absolutely loved Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yes. That one was a lot of fun. And again, that one feels like it's a completely different series. It's almost like they don't even mention Suicide Squad at all. Like they mentioned the Joker in passing, um, which was in that, I guess, in this series played by Jared Leto. Mm -hmm. um, I don't entirely hate his Joker as much as a lot of people do. I don't hate it. 
it was just it's, it was very different. I think it, it takes people a while to get used to something like that. But yeah, no, I didn't. I don't hate his Joker. Yeah, uh, there uh, he was supposed to have a bigger part in Suicide Squad, from what I understand. But he all of his scenes were cut out. Yeah, um, that was followed up by the Suicide Squad. I'm not gonna lie, I fell asleep. <laughs> I did really enjoy the Suicide Squad, uh, especially like the the shark character. That was oh, a lot he was fun. he was great. Him and him and um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Like, Peacemaker. They made the movie. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, and the Peacemaker series is incredible. So, the second comic book movie to get an Oscar nomination for Best Picture after Black Panther was Joker. Starring Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Uh, that was a spinoff, but again, completely separate from the Snyderverse and separate, I'm assuming, from the new Batman movie as well. It was its own thing. Again, we have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. Flash um, can do anything. Yeah. And apparently there's a sequel in the works for that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix won the Oscar, being the... As he should. One of the few actors to win an Oscar for a role that already won an Oscar. And yeah, I don't disagree with that. My first time watching it, though, I didn't care for it. I did. You know, you saying that, I had to watch it twice. Same. I had to watch it once, get whatever feelings I had the first time, and then go back into it again. I'm like, okay, okay, this is this is better. So what's kind of funny about that, this movie comes out on the heels of like the controversial statement that Martin Scorsese said about how comic book movies are more roller coaster rides than movies. Which, again, he has a point there. like, And he's very concerned about, like, all this money going into comic book movies and not a lot going into other movies. So he's not entirely wrong, but this comic book movie was really inspired by his movies. So you do see a lot of Taxi Driver, you see The King of Comedy. Uh, Todd Phillips was, like, he loves, like, that gritty 70s style and he brought it to Joker. He did. It's, it's, it was dark and gritty and psychological like you, in that movie you really get into his head yeah and like the the way they like do the misdirect with you like you don't even like i'm usually really good at catching those things yeah. and i did not know that they were going to go that direction yep with it. i was like wow yeah that got dark <laughs> real fast <laughs> yeah and that leads us to today with just a couple weeks ago Matt Reeves is The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as the Cape Crusader, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, Colin Farrell under heavy prosthetics as the Penguin. Uh, what do we think about The Batman? I thoroughly, thoroughly, I've seen this, I've seen it now five, four times. I thoroughly enjoy this version of Batman. Um, he's a detective in this one. He is a detective. Thank you, God. Like, just the in the opening scene for anybody who hasn't seen it, but like, um, he does the whole October twenty first. I'm on the streets. I'm blah 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 blah. Like that kind of detective. Like, like it's so good. It's so good. And visually, oh my God! Like when I saw the trailer, I'm like, I feel like these colors are gonna get really annoying really fast but like they pop they pop they literally like they made they brought gotham into the 21st century by still making it gotham yeah 
And I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but they really, they do something different with the character of Batman, especially towards the end of the movie that no other Batman movie did before. And he, they are updating it to today's sensibilities while also remaining respectful to the character. Yes. And there's, there's also a lot of social commentary in it that's a little bit on the nose, but it works for the movie. It, it does work for the movie, and I think it's okay that it's on the nose. Yeah. Because, you know, we, li- we live in trying times right now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that the uh, media gets that stuff out was through movies. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it was a masterpiece. And, and Pattinson's Batman was... It was great. Yeah. Like, he played... I'm so happy we have a young Bruce, because we, we, don't, we don't have that in the movies. The closest we have was, like, what, Val Kilmer? Yeah, I mean, we have a couple in, like, Batman Beyond, but, like... Yeah. Um, a young Bruce is just... We, we, get to, we get to see him grow up in these movies, which is really exciting for me. Yeah. I'm very interested and a little bit terrified of seeing a sequel, to be honest, because I feel like this one works really well as a one-off. But if they do it right, they can make a great sequel for this as well. Yeah, I really, I mean, I hope they do. I, I really need more of <laughs> Zoe because her Catwoman, so good, perfection. Yeah, like, Zoe is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. And like just watching her again in Kimmy on, which I believe that's on HBO. Uh, she's also really like tough and like, yeah, she's. I'm awesome glad she got her, her, her good, her good superhero role. Not yeah. talking about, you know, her, her X-Men role that we don't talk about. Yeah, we can... They did her dirty in that one. X-Men's a different thing. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. <laughs> Let's hope uh, MCU can fix that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, did we miss anything on Batman? Did it, I think we covered most of the movies. Oh, you know what? There's the Lego movie. <laughs> I love the Lego movie. The Lego it's so movie. ridiculous. Will Arnett as Batman, and the Lego Batman movie is probably one of the funniest things i've ever seen it's it's just so good <laughs> oh his batman raps and like <laughs> he's just so over the top emo it's so ridiculous even the like the callbacks to all of the movies plus like his relationship with the joker who was played by zach galifianakis in this one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the whole thing where it's like it's heavily suggested that the two of them are in love with each other 100 yes <laughs> it's, it's brilliant um the Batman, the Who's the Batman song, his theme song that plays when he's like, like mowing yep. down all the bad guys is like one of the funniest things. Who never skips leg day? Batman, Batman. <laughs> uh, that's like the one part. In the, I think it's the Batman movie where he's Alfred. I think it's Alfred that asks him someone something, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like it's just so good. And the voice of the computer is Siri. That's yep. great. So good. We, yeah. we, we just we just had so many fun Batman adventures. Yeah, that was. If we can't have Camp Batman, I'll take Lego Batman any of the, any day of the week. Like they gave us our our little nudge that we needed of Camp. Yeah, <laughs> and just a little bit gay as a treat. Just a little bit. <laughs> if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. So this leads us to our first side segment: reappraisals. Uh, this is where we take an unpopular movie and defend it. We've already defended Batman and Robin a little bit on this episode, but this is going to be separate from our discussion on Batman. So, Justin, do you have a movie you want to defend today? I am probably going to defend one of my favorite 
superhero movies, and it's going to be the 2005 Fantastic Four. All right, all right. Fantastic Four. I remember seeing that one in theaters, um, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's, I think, for me, I think a lot of people disagree, it was the perfect amount of action and camp. And I think Marvel did it perfectly. Yeah, um, I think Fantastic Four is kind of supposed to be camp. Yeah, it's 100% supposed to be. It's not supposed to be serious at all. Like... You have, a, you have a brother and sister, and they're all scientists, and they have these crazy villains. Like, it's supposed to be, like, fantasy. And, and the cast was really good, too. Chris I Evans was so good. They brought him back to play Captain America. Like, I, side note, I've heard a rumor that they might actually put him in um, I would not the be new Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> I would lose my mind. But anyways. My, but yeah. fa- my, favorite, my favorite thing is, like, when he snaps his fingers, and he's like, now picture that. But everywhere. And he's shirtless and like, yeah. oh, the fan service. <laughs> but no, just like everybody in that movie, like Mr. Fantastic, I think his name's like Ion? Ion? Uh, uh, Yoen? I Yoen? think it's pronounced Yoen. Okay. Yoen Griffin? He was, per- he was, to me, the perfect Mr. Fantastic. He yes. looked like Mr. Fantastic. Age range, perfect Mr. Fantastic. I even enjoyed Jessica Alba. Like that yeah. was what a lot of people's big thing about it is I really enjoyed her. I think with that one, it might have been a timing issue because it came out only a few years after Spider-Man. And so it was automatically like, oh, this is just Spider-Man. Yeah, just like another superhero movie. I like that. Yeah, let it exist as it is. I think it's fine. What did you think about the sequel? Now, the sequel, I will agree with people, what did not hit the mark for me. I really enjoy Silver Surfer. Um, but there was just something off about that one. And I can't really put my finger on it. It I had, think they tried to do too much. Yeah, but I did think, um, who was the voice of Silver Surfer? And I don't Surfer? know what they did with Jessica Alba's contacts or whatever. They, they made her look fake. Like, the first movie, she looks fine, but, like, for some reason, I mean, in that second one, her, her costuming or her, whatever, something was off with her. So Silver Surfer, I thought, was my favorite part of that movie. Oh, yeah, he was, like I said, he was great. And I was just, I just want to look up a couple things really quick. There it is. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, and that was Doug Jones. Doug Jones was the just the um, what call it? He was the physical. Oh, was he the physical? He was only the physical. Oh, I had no so idea. So Doug Jones is like the creature feature the guy. Cre- we all know him from so many things. Yeah, he works with Guillermo del Toro a lot. He's done Hellboy. He's done. Um, he was the fish guy in The Shape of Water. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Currently, he is starring in Star Trek Discovery as Mr. Salou, and he is perfection. And Lawrence Fishburne was the voice. Lawrence Fishburne, there we go, yeah. The Silver Surfer. And uh, yeah, I thought that was the best part of the movie. I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, it, I thought it was a choice to like make it more family-friendly than the first one. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, PG rating for a comic book movie, that's, that's bold, but... It didn't entirely fail. I don't. I don't, I don't think. think. I don't think. It really, really, it sucks that it didn't get a third one because it was it was enjoyable enough to get a, a third. Like they yeah. need a third. Like I really hope now that superhero movies are picking up, they might actually give them a third. I really enjoyed the Doctor Doom. Yes. I yes. have a hard time pronouncing his name, but it's Julian McMahon. 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 Or McCone. McMahon. McMahon. I'm assuming okay. it's McMahon. Well, I. Actually, grew up. Grew up yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say grew up because he was in Charmed, which I watched as a teen. Oh yeah, and I thought he was 
a perfect Doctor Doom. Yeah. He had the crazy, he had the suave, he had... It was just... It was great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, the thing, I love that what they did with the thing. It was makeup. Yeah. It, like it wasn't they didn't have to do CGI. Yeah. It was literally just a suit. Like that's crazy. And he was perfect. He had the perfect voice. Yeah. Like that was my. I don't Chiklis? understand. I really yeah. don't understand the, the hate. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I can understand being like underwhelmed a little bit, but not like to the yeah. point where this is such a bad movie. No. It, it definitely bad. they definitely nerfed Susan Storm's powers a little bit. Yeah. But. Uh, I did not see the 2015. We do not, do not talk, talk about, about that, that one. movie. Right, so that was our first episode of In a Place Like This. That one thing that heartbreak feels good in. Um, so where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram at adorkablej. Um, you can also do Merman Tempest if you if you please. That's my other social media. That's Merman. Underscore, underscore tempest yeah. correct and is there anything else you would like to plug while you're here oh uh, no i don't think i have any more plugs this was super fun thank you so much for having me of course thank you for being my first guest i had a great time it was a lot of fun and i love we love talking about movies and we go to the movies a lot so more okay. to come and if anyone else would like to be a guest on this podcast i am not famous i am easy to get a hold of you could find me on twitter uh the podcast is in a pod like this on twitter in a pod like this or on instagram in a place like this podcast i hope you've been not just entertained but somehow reborn together we might not make movies better but we try